Happy Families podcast. It's the podcast for the time poor parent who just wants answers now. Some people have feelings with operatic intensity and they're just dynamos in terms of the emotional world. And now here's the stars of our show, my mum and dad. G'day, we are Justin and Kylie Coulson, a husband and wife podcast team who have six children between us, and I'm the author of six books about raising happy families, founder of happyfamilies.com.au. Kylie, really excited to introduce our guest today for a conversation that I think is going to be really important for a lot of parents, especially parents who are struggling with lockdown. But pretty much if you are a parent who has a child who has feelings, this is the conversation that we need to have. Andrew Fuller is a child and adolescent psychologist. He's the author of about 479 books. Wow. That's that's impressive. Yeah, I'm, I'm exaggerating, but he's written like more, nearly two dozen books, twenty something books. That's still impressive. It's extraordinary, <laughs> isn't it? And and also has Andrew. How many kids of your own have you got? Two. two, two children of his own, and wrote twenty two books. See, that's why I've only written six, uh, six books because we have six children. Imagine. Well, I've written two, one with each child, so you've got six at least that are coming. Wow, wow! How do you write a book with a child? It's fantastic. That's a whole, whole other issue. But uh, I tell you what: if you ever wanted a critical editor, one of your kids are a fantastic person to do that with. <laughs> so, so Andrew's got this uh, this huge um, reputation of being brilliant with people, especially tricky people. But he's written a brand new book called The A to Z of Feelings. I've been reading it over the last couple of weeks, and it's delightful. I don't necessarily highlight paragraphs at a time, but little ideas, little insights, little quirks. Like there are so many ideas that have come to me as I've been reading the book. It's just wonderful. And so, Andrew, we're thrilled to be able to talk with you today. It's great to be with you. Most people get that feelings are important, Andrew, but it can be sometimes hard to articulate how and why they are important. I'm wondering if you can kind of shed some light on why feelings matter so much. Thanks, Kylie. I mean, feelings are your inner world. So we have perception of, uh, of basically the outer world. And of course, reading the outer world accurately is incredibly important. But we have this other inner world, which often we're less tuned to. And so our feelings are, in some ways, our internal perceptions bubbling up, seeking awareness within us. And we get very confused about them. Um, quite often, I think about feelings a bit like uh, they're guests that show up unexpectedly at a dinner party, you didn't really even know you were having. And uh, some of the guests are hard to please. Some stay too long. Some don't stay anywhere near long enough. And often we don't have much idea about what to do with any of them. And so often our feelings are signals about what we need or what we are seeking. So one of the really useful questions to ask ourselves about any feeling is, what is this seeking from me? What do I need at this point? Now, to confuse it just a little bit more, feelings aren't always true. So it doesn't mean that we necessarily need to believe every feeling. And I'm sure, Kylie, you've had this experience where you've met somebody and you thought, oh, they're a bit dodgy, they're a bit kind of sus, I don't think I'll hang around with them very much. And then later on, you've kind of gone, oh, no, that wasn't kind of the right kind of perception of them at all, actually, they're a really nice person. And so you get this kind of signal, which is often useful, but not always true. That's a really interesting kind of process. I love the imagery that you've created there, 
Andrew, with this idea of our feelings being unexpected guests that just show up <laughs> unannounced, and and we have to we have to work through that process. Um, and and how you you also touched on the fact that feelings are just feelings and not necessarily true. And I think that that's something that I have had to work personally with in recent times, learning that process, that's been tricky for me. Yeah, I think there are days for all of us where after the, at the end of the day, we kind of scratch our head and go, why the heck did I get into such a kind of stressed out situation or got so upset by that particular thing? And it doesn't often make sense. And so feelings can be related to the the current events in your life, but gee, we can hold on to some history in ourselves, can't we? That basically means we misinterpret stuff. And if we keep doing that and getting it wrong and believing that our feelings are true, then we can end up in all sorts of bother because we're misreading the world and misreading ourselves in it, and that becomes a major problem. Yeah, one of the things that I say to parents all the time, Andrew, is the have you ever noticed that the angrier you are, the more right you are? <laughs> Yes, that's right. And so you become absolutely certain, don't you? But really, you know, we know from even from the work of Sigmund Freud that basically what we do is we take the the least uh, acceptable part, aspects of ourselves and project them onto other people. So we're, we're often very prepared to see negative values in other people that we're not prepared to look at in ourselves. So when we're really furious, when we're really angry with somebody, is the moment we should smell a rat about ourselves and be a bit suspect about what's going on internally. Hey, we want to talk about lockdowns for a sec because half the country's dealing with that right now. I'm wondering, Andrew, how do parents um, stay on top of their own big feelings? We've just gone Mm. through the craziest last 12 months, which is extending now. Oh, 18 months. (laughs) 18 months. And counting. And and how do do we help ourselves um, when we've got really big emotions? About politicians or about lockdowns or about the kids being under our feet or the lot? Or that my husband's left his shoes under the table. Any number of things. Well, the first thing to say about lockdown, I just imagine for a moment that you were with a really good friend, but you were in enforced isolation with them for, say, a week. And your friend during that period of time decided to embark on a process of improvement for you, pointing out perhaps some of the things you were doing wrong (laughs) and helpfully suggesting improvements that you might make in your life. I wonder how long that friendship would last. Kylie and I have been through these these kinds of exercises <laughs> together where usually it's me saying, I, I, I love the word that you used, I have a program of improvement that I'd like to put you on for the next week, sweetheart. What do you think about that? Didn't Never go well. Was, Justin. No, Never was. No, it didn't go well. So that's, that's pretty much the situation that you can be in lockdown with uh, parents and children. And so – Unsurprisingly, kids often want to head for the hills. They want to get out of this. They've had way too much parenting going on. And so this isn't a time for catching up and and kind of missing parenting. It's a time for giving people space and giving them a chance to, to feel free. But to come back to the idea about big feelings, it's really interesting to think about big feelings because some people have feelings with operatic intensity and they just really they're they're dynamos in terms of the emotional world and it's interesting when you meet people like that because sometimes they will be so bouncy in their feelings and so expressive everyone else is shattered and kind of leaving them a bit trembling but they're fine whereas there's a group of other people who sort of just putter along very mildly with the feelings and they don't really have a great kind of 
amplitude in terms of, of their emotional range. Um, and they're very even-tempered. It's a really interesting kind of process. I think uh, it's, it's just interesting to learn about your own pattern of feelings and how you might handle them. And Andrew, like you I- might have been sitting a wall sitting on uh, sorry. <laughs> Fly sitting on our wall. I was going to say, my words all mixed up. Those two different people tend to marry one another, don't they? Well, there is that idea that we have essentially two types of people. There are maximizers and minimizers. And the maximizers basically go, this is fantastic, it's great, there's amazing, all that stuff, or it's dreadful and it's awful. And the minimizers go, it's all right. Uh, Not bad. It's okay. So-so. And so there is a tendency, of course, for maximizers and minimizers to end up marrying one another. That's true. (laughs) Hey, uh, we need to uh, talk about how we can deal with our big emotions and the big emotions that our children are having, especially for those who are dealing with lockdown, but even people who aren't in lockdown at the moment are uh, still experiencing those challenges. We're going to do that right after this break. It's the Happy Families Podcast. For a happier family, try a Happy Families membership because a happy family doesn't just happen. Details at happyfamilies.com.au. It's the Happy Families podcast, the podcast for the time poor parent who just wants answers now. And today we are having such a delightful conversation with Andrew Fuller. He's the author of The A to Z of Feelings, his 22nd book. Uh, That's such a lot of books. And we're talking about, well, feelings, big feelings, especially for families that are dealing with lockdown. Uh, But even if you're not in a lockdown, the kids still have these big emotional moments. Andrew, love to ask you, how do we manage our own big feelings? How do we sort of, uh, well... Should we, first of all? I mean, my, my guess is that we need to be in control of them and regulate them reasonably well. Uh, and, and more to the point, how do we as parents not only stay on top of our own, but help our children to manage theirs? It's one of the critical skills of life, isn't it? Being able to dial down your own emotions when they get too big. Because, of course, we know that the world isn't really suited for people dealing with expressing every thought, every feeling that they have. We're all in the business of managing our feelings and I guess that's partly why I wrote the book because the level of self-knowledge that you need to have at times when you're upset, agitated, angry or whatever it might be can be preoccupying and it's very difficult to kind of start to go, well, okay, what helps me get out of this feeling? Now, the first thing, obviously, is a bit of distancing, so being able to ask yourself, well, why am I feeling this way? What's going on? Um, But the other thing is to go, well, when I'm feeling this way, what should I do? Is it wise to go for a walk? Is it good to listen to music? Is there something I should do? But you need to, whatever you do, you also need to reflect on the meaning of that feeling and then to evaluate its validity, its truth. I mean, all feelings are valid, but they're not always validly true. And so you're just starting to kind of critique them. So otherwise, what you're, what you're, if you don't do that, you, you're not using all the information that you have to basically understand what's going on in your world. And so being able to read your own emotions, decipher their signals, and then start to be critically thinking about what they mean for you, actually is a really important art in life because otherwise you don't change your game plan. Now, life is an improvisational art. It requires different things of different people all the time. And so the ideal is that you become more flexible as you mature, and we help children to become more flexible and to have more strings to their bow. The problem is that some of us become more rigid as we get older, and 
I think it's important that what, what causes that rigidity is not pausing and thinking, what the heck's going on for me and what do I need to learn from this that I can do to better live my life? Should we have strong feelings about strong feelings? Are there some feelings that we should be concerned about, especially when our children are displaying them? Or, I guess adding a caveat to that, how do we as parents become comfortable with our kids' strong emotions? I think it's important to learn our children well. And parents, of course, know their children better than anybody else will ever know their child. And kids do have a different range of feelings. And while the intensity of, say, anger or attachment or jealousy can be scary at times, it's important to kind of just realise that that's how it is. And I think it's not about trying to stifle it it's about trying to help them to use whatever the intensity of a feeling is in some positive way i mean i could talk about this for quite some time obviously but um, anger is one of the ones that's obviously an important one to consider and in the a to z of feelings i write about the idea that when we feel effectively angry we care and we care deeply about things and so using anger to create positive change in our lives can be incredibly constructive but we often see people scatter their anger and blame everybody else and they don't gather together their anger to do some positive action Whereas when anger, a big feeling, is used almost like uh, a fortress, that you basically have this kind of clarity around yourself and you gain strength through anger to basically empower you, that's a very different way of approaching anger and helping parents to understand that anger is not always a bad thing. It can be a really good thing is important because there are times in our life when we should be incredibly angry at stuff. Hmm. I'm, I'm also thinking in response to that, that uh, sometimes feelings simply become dysfunctional. Sometimes feelings become that they, they interfere with our ability to operate effectively in life. So a lockdown situation, for example, um, we're, we're seeing in the data that there are more kids who are reporting anxiety and depression than ever before. Hmm. So uh, I, I guess we should have strong feelings about our kids having strong feelings if those strong feelings are interfering with their ability to, to function effectively. I mean, you're a clinical psychologist. Are you seeing lockdowns have this effect that, uh, that other data seems to point to? Oh, yeah. So, I mean, kids are incredibly lonely. And in some ways, they're shocked by their loneliness too. I think this was the generation you would have put money on who would have said, well, virtual connections are going to be sufficient. And I guess what they've learned really quite dramatically is that they're not. Then It's not a replacement. So while virtual connections can be good, nothing really beats face-to-face hanging out with your friends. And they're feeling it more than any other generation, in my view. Yeah. Andrew Fuller is the author of The A to Z of Feelings, a clinical psychologist working with children and adolescents. And today he's been talking to us all about the importance of feelings, why they matter, how we can manage them effectively, uh, because it's such an important life skill, and uh, particularly what we can do when our kids are having those big feelings. Andrew, what a delightful conversation. Thanks for joining us. It's been great. Thank you so much. If you'd like more information about making your family happy, you can jump onto happyfamilies.com.au. The Happy Families podcast is produced by Justin Rulon from Bridge Media with Craig Bruce as our executive producer. Oh, and we love your ratings and reviews. So if you're enjoying the podcast and it's making your family happier, let us know at Apple Podcasts so that other people can find out about the podcast as well. Mm-hmm.